0: What's up, Painless Flipping Podcast listeners? Before we dive into today's episode, I've got something special for you. Recently, I had the pleasure of joining an amazing podcast, and I wanted to share that conversation with you all. It's a fantastic discussion you won't wanna miss. So without further ado, let's jump into that crossover episode and hear what we had to say. Enjoy.
1: There was a lot of years where yeah, I told you I brokered 650 deals. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of that time, I hadn't ever bought an investment property. Right. You know, I was selling houses to my clients, and I look up two or three years later, and you know, the sixty thousand dollar house was now worth one twenty. And I was like, Oh, that's not bad. But fast forward seven years, eight years, and you know, that sixty thousand dollar house that I brokered is now worth three sixty. Right. Right. And um, the rents have grown. So as inflation happens, rent gets more expensive. Um, Everything gets more expensive, right? But your debt payment is fixed. It's true. So you're cash flowing more and more and more as the years go go on. And uh, most of my portfolio's growth, believe it or not, has happened this year. Welcome to another episode of the Financially Free Investor where you will learn information and strategies on how to become financially independent by investing in real estate, something that is not taught openly in our society today. Financial freedom matters so you can live a bigger life, retire early, and do what matters most to you. Get ready to hear tried and true methods to becoming financially free with your host, Jordy Clark.
0: Going on, everybody. It's Nathan Payne. What's up, guys? It's Corey Roysom. Got our buddy Jordy Clark. Jordy Clark here. That's right. And uh, just to introduce everybody, but hey, uh, this is the Investor Thrive podcast uh, coming to you live from the Investor Thrive studio. Um, and if you don't know what Investor Thrive is, it's a business dedicated to helping uh, real estate uh, professionals in their personal lives and in their businesses. So. Check out InvestorThrive.com,
2: but that's that's who is sponsoring this podcast. So check it out, everybody. Yeah. What's up? So we got Jordy here. Jordy actually bought one of our very first deals we did. What Dude. was that? That was a couple three, years four four ago. Years ago? Yeah. That was like three, three and a half Almost or something like that. Almost four years ago now. Because like, it was like December 2018. Yep. Yep. Dang. So... so bought one of our first deals. Man, good
0: times back yeah. in the day when we were fresh. And you were flipping a ton of homes back then, and you've just been growing ever since, huh? How long, yeah, How that, long were you flipping at that time? That was actually
1: probably my fourth or fifth flip, so oh. just getting going, getting going with us, yeah,
0: yeah, That's yeah. awesome. We kind of
1: figured it out together. That's yeah. true.
0: so uh before we kind of get into um, you know the stories of like our first deal and like the the info, uh, Corey, I guess what are we going to talk about today? with Jordy like what's an overview? yeah so I
2: mean we just want to talk about kind of his background get to know Jordy a little bit um, talk about his deals what what he's doing right now what his strategies are what his real estate goals are uh, those are kind of the main things we want to go over
0: yeah cuz the audience right here is the wholesalers right so we want to provide value to them you know what can wholesalers do to help cash buyers guys like you that invest how can we provide you value right so you know, as you tell us what you need Hopefully, you know, we everyone can go out and learn how we can help, you know, investors like yourself. So let's let's dive into the first deal we did with you,
1: you know? Cool. Is, is it cool if I give a little brief bio just to kind of yeah. give context so yeah, people know? Yeah, go ahead, man. Cool. So I've been a real estate agent for about eight years now here in Salt Lake City, Utah. Um, I've brokered over 650 deals. It's about $350 million uh, wow. in real estate just wow. as an agent. You better That's slow awesome. down dude <laughs> i uh started flipping very heavily when we first met um mm-hmm. about three years ago up until then i had done one or two well three or four flips um right now i flip i have a company that flips about a home a month um nice. i own 32 rental properties let's
0: go those are 32 <laughs> uh, doors
1: 32 doors okay. yep it consists of uh, 12-plex, a 12 plex a six plex a five plex a handful of single family houses uh, and then one commercial office space, um, as well as I bought a house and we're redeveloping it. So we're going to scrape it here in a few months and it's in downtown Salt Lake City, which is really gentrifying. And
0: Sweet, we're going to
1: build a six unit townhome, refinance it and keep that. Wow. Um, as well as I serve on the board of two real estate investor associations here in Utah, uh, UVRIA and SLUREA. So I help run those and, you know, everyone that kind of catches the financial freedom real estate bug um yeah. i'm helping run those organizations as part of my give back yeah um uh, my total real estate portfolio the value's uh just over eight million awesome. um so it's it's pretty feels cool. good it's doesn't it there. feels great
0: man does all that debt worry you or not at all uh, not at all not at all not, no. not from your posts that you do on facebook <laughs> you're like hey b- debt is good
1: baby debt is great especially <laughs> when i don't have to pay for it yeah right uh and other people are paying it down Today. while uh the properties are going up in value i mean i think across the nation this year we yeah. saw huge appreciation i know unreal. here in utah we saw 28 percent year over year appreciation unreal Insane. so uh so you've been doing good great to ride that wave yep um And I mean, everywhere saw appreciation, right? Really, what I think we're seeing is just a devalue in the dollar because there's more dollars out there. Mm -hmm. Um, I I, I read somewhere, I think it's 40% of all our money supply was printed last year. Wow, right. So scary, that that's, that's why scary. we're seeing used cars go up in value. Right. That's why we're seeing everything get more expensive. I was just on the phone with my plumber and he's telling me everything's more charging expensive. More. He's charging me more yeah. if he can find the tubs. Right.
0: Like, Shoot, dude. Um,
1: so, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's it's been a fun journey. So yeah. that hopefully that gives everyone a little context, on, context. on who I am. Um, I flip. I own rental properties. We broker stuff. Um, so you're pretty much the man. <laughs> that's, what, that's what you get. I, I'm Every working on it, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm working. Yeah, on it. man. I've honestly learned a ton from your
0: Facebook like uh, stories. Like it's good. You're you're putting out good stuff. Yeah. Because I'm like, well, you know, maybe I need to start getting some properties, <laughs> like Jordy. Because we're we're complete like you know blinders on, right? Like we're trying to just wholesale. Like this sure. is freaking. But it's like now, from what your content, what you're saying, it's like. Hey, it's probably, you probably should keep some stuff,
1: you know? You know, um, there was a lot of years where I told you I brokered 650 deals. Mm -hmm. Um, most of that time I hadn't ever bought an investment property. Right. You know, I was selling houses to my clients and I look up two or three years later and, you know, the $60,000 house was now worth 120. And I was like, Oh, that's not bad. But fast forward seven years, eight years and you know that sixty thousand dollar house that I brokered is now worth three sixty. Right. Right. And um, the rents have grown. So as inflation happens, rent gets more expensive. Um, everything gets more expensive, right? But your debt payment is fixed. It's true. So you're cash flowing more and more and more as the years go go on. And uh, most of my portfolio's growth, believe it or not, has happened this year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because all of a sudden I've got equity from these properties and I'm like, hey, rather than sell it, let's refinance, pull some cash out, um, go buy more. Or we take a look at it and if we don't like a property like I had a um, short term rental down in Moab, Utah, um, a couple national parks there, a lot of traffic, um, did really well on nightly rents. Uh, but we decided to sell it and reposition our equity and go buy some uh, apartment complexes. Dang, dude! Because I would think of that
0: investment as like a great investment, but you yeah. you even put it into something better. You're saying like you took the Moab one and positioned it somewhere.
1: That that's the goal. Because yeah. uh, I mean, we we paid four sixty five for it, um, and I guess the transaction's closed now, so I can talk about it. Uh, we just sold it for seven fifty, and we held it eighteen months. That's amazing. Wow! Almost, dude. So almost double. Uh, almost double, and it cash flowed. Uh, our gross rents were close to eighty thousand a year on it.
0: Dang, wow. dude! So. I mean Insane. for you so you got 32 doors and I I went to, I think when we first started doing this I went to like one of your events and it had like you I think who was the main the, the guy that's he's that that dude with the hair I don't know how to describe him but he he he's a mortgage guy.
1: Oh yeah, it's probably my buddy Matt Atkinson. Matt
0: Atkinson. Yep. So you guys were doing talking about like okay, this is the pathway to wealth. That was like 3 years ago. Yeah. So you've just gone and freaking done that
1: right? Yep. yeah
2: okay that's been your strategy yep and it's wor- been working
1: so far i love
2: it let, let, let me ask you this is does your real estate investment portfolio make more than you do as a broker now by far by far yep awesome. so your active income is get is now your passive is your
0: your goal is to get your passive right like doing way better than your active income is that the right way to word it
1: uh oh well, i mean that that's definitely one way to look at it mm-hmm. um I kind of look at it like I enjoy what I do. Mm -hmm. I I love flipping houses. I love picking up distressed properties, fixing them up, making them rental properties. Um, You know, it's called the Burr method. Mm -hmm. Love that. So uh, I'm not really trying to, like, escape a job that I absolutely hate. Okay. Right. So for me, it's more important that I'm doing what I enjoy. Uh, I'm adding value uh, and obviously growing net worth, Mm -hmm. uh, growing horizontal income. I also want to grow my vertical income. Yeah. Right, so like you guys are trying to wholesale as many houses as possible. I've got my real estate team. We're trying to broker as many houses as possible. I'm also trying to flip, Mm -hmm. right, to get more uh, vertical income, earned income, Mm -hmm. and then uh, try to put that into rental properties, right? Um, Just because it's it's more leveraged and can grow. So what I was actually going to ask you, which you answered, is
0: uh, so you're not trying to escape a job and like create amazing, like just. I don't have to work anymore because you enjoy this. Right. So is there even a number on how many doors you want or is there a goal or are you just like, hey, I'm just doing this for
2: fun now? You ever going to (laughs) retire?
1: You know, uh, I'll probably uh, pivot what I'm doing Um, right now. I really enjoy it. But flipping is not scalable. Uh, Selling houses is not scalable it's wholesaling, wholesaling is not scalable. It's not scalable, right? Like takes a lot of work. It's a grind. It's a hustle. You can make a ton of money. Mm -hmm. Um, but I know like a ton of real estate agents who they're living paycheck to paycheck, even though they're making half a million bucks a year.
0: Just because of their living outside their means or what?
1: I mean, living at their means, means. living right below it. Uh, doctors do the same thing, right? Like your, your, uh, lifestyle kind of creeps up and hits, where you're making. Yeah. Um, where people get into problems is when they're spending more than what they make, right? Or their income, you know, maybe they have a banner year. Say they make 500000 a year, and all of a sudden they're used to spending uh, 45000 a month. All of a sudden they make 300000 but they don't want to change that lifestyle, right? Mm-hmm. It's hard to crank your lifestyle down. It's easy to crank it up, but it's hard to crank it down.
0: Would you say you're you in your, I don't know if this is too personal, but are you living underneath like uh, your underneath your means or have you cranked your lifestyle up like most people do
1: Uh I mean we've tried to do both right mm-hmm. cuz um I've also seen a couple friends just in the industry pass away um I've seen some friends get cancer and you know, definitely go way too soon Okay Um and so you know I I'm trying to enjoy life like um I'm not the guy that's driving a 2001 Honda Civic Yeah right like we got nice cars We got the 2003 um, <laughs> yeah no uh funny i hit a net worth goal and five years ago i set a goal i was like hey i'm gonna buy myself a sports car when i hit this net worth number Mm -hmm. and i hit it earlier this year and i really struggled rewarding myself Mm -hmm. and one of the coaches i have he's like dude just do it he's like doesn't really matter it doesn't impact you yeah And i was like oh that could be working so much harder and he's like yeah but you're like life is meant to be enjoyed right So I was like, "What'd you buy?" Okay, cool. So I went out and bought a BMW M4. Ooh, M4. You
0: like it? Love it. Worth it? Yeah. That's awesome,
1: man. Uh, I so being a frugal real estate investor, I picked up a 2015 that had low miles. Got to get the deal. Got a deal. Yeah, I'm a deal junkie. So Mm -hmm. that's sweet. That's awesome. Well,
0: dude, it's interesting to look at. I mean, I don't like to compare myself. Comparison's bad. But when we started wholesaling and you've started flipping, and look at what your path has brought you, I mean, I'm not saying we're, we're millionaires. I mean, we're, we're, we're not even close to that kind of net worth, but look, look at your trajectory versus ours. Like we, we've just focused on just strictly wholesaling and you've gone into, let me leverage properties and you're freaking crushing it, right?
1: Yeah. So really what I did is every property I flipped, um, I would do two things with the money. Uh, I would go and buy more rentals and I would pay taxes. So I was actively brokering deals, Mm -hmm. And that's what I was living on. That was my income. And we lived a decent lifestyle. Um, But I wasn't gaining any traction, right? So we started flipping houses, and we took the flipping profit. Mm -hmm. I still paid myself a commission. And then the profit that was left over on a flip, um, I took that and plowed it into rental properties and paid taxes.
0: And you pay taxes so you can qualify for more money, right? Right you didn't write you off have you to pay taxes well you mean well you don't have to pay taxes do you did you write off like a ton of stuff or you mean you pay taxes by you didn't do a lot of write offs
1: previously i had written off as much as i could but so now. that i didn't have to pay taxes but now i still write off as much as i can okay you still do it. yep um, however my income is still enough to qualify for mortgages okay um, it, it's always kind of a balance I think,
0: because that's where I'm struggling right now is I write off so much. My income looks so low that like I can't really
2: get more money to invest, I guess, from banks. It's kind of different, though, once you get into multifamily, right? Like once you get into the five. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Units, like it's not about your income as much, right?
1: Yeah. So it's less about the income from you and more about the income of the asset. Yeah. So on multifamily, uh, just to digress just a little bit, uh, what they do is they'll take the gross income of the property, and they'll take the operating expenses out, and that leaves you your net operating income, your NOI, right? And then they'll take, uh, basically, they've got a, a number, debt sub debt service coverage ratio, mm-hmm. DSCR, uh, or debt coverage ratio, and usually it's 1.2, 1.25, so basically, they want to make sure that your net operating income is 125% of the debt payments, mm. right? So they're saying, hey, after all the expenses, we want to make sure that this property cash flows, and it's... So you would make 25%, essentially? Essentially. So where are you finding those kind
0: of good deals? Because that's got to be a good deal, right?
1: Yeah, typically, uh, well, I mean, we From find Wholesalers? It, wholesalers. Uh, a lot of wholesalers don't do multifamily, though
0: um cuz they don't know what the heck they're doing exactly
1: yeah they'll find a single family house it's easy to value a single family house right um multifamily gets more complex
0: so so, so not so much from wholesalers Are you find them on the mls or you find them from you know relationships
1: so yeah i i found my fiveplex my sixplex from relationships um and uh, i i have something very specific i look for right i've got my buy box mm-hmm. and for that, well, for everything, really, I'm looking for something where I can add value, whether that's flipping it and I put a new kitchen in it, make it look pretty, um, or if I can you know, make it look better, fix things, increase rents, lower expenses, all of that on multifamily will add value. Nice. So I look for value-add deals. I'm not paying retail. Um, even though you may pick something up on the MLS, if it's a value-add deal, uh, you can go in and really add value right when you go to get a loan on that do they
2: include that into their projections like the value that you can add or is it before is it based off like your uh projected net income or is it based off like actual current net income
1: so they can do both um commercial banks get it they've got a ton of different loan products out there um so i just bought a 12 unit um and we're at, by the way, in South Ogden, mm-hmm. right uh-huh. by Weber State University. Yeah, so yes. like a class B area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's like a 1960s vintage building um, townhouse style. I
0: think I saw that on your Facebook. Yeah, it
1: was it was on the MLS. I found it on the MLS. Wow. wow. Yeah. So it was a little overpriced, but we locked it up and not. Nah. Did yeah. you get
0: it down later or Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we
1: were able to work something it's out diligence.
0: with him. Yeah, you yeah. went in and said, "Hey, this this place sucks. <laughs> let, me get, let me get a deal." Okay. Well, that's awesome, man. Um well, dude, you've already given us like tons of info. I've always wanted to get into getting properties, right? But like w- to be real, running a wholesale business is a freaking monster it like gets crazy. Yep. You you got to you got to get your marketing on point. So to to venture off and do wholesaling but also keep properties. I mean, we've had to spend most of our money to keep the wholesaling business alive, you know? Like you you make 50,000, you got to spend like 20 to 30 just to pay off the the overhead and the, the marketing expenses, and you don't have much left to reinvest. So, I guess did that happen a lot to you like where you I, Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, it totally did cuz um if you remember I was selling Real estate forever. Mm-hmm. Well, really, four years, uh, and I wasn't gaining any traction. It was literally like just, just, yeah. yeah. Like uh, I was spending everything I was making in the business, right? Because we were finding trying to find leads. We were trying to find motivated buyers, motivated sellers, just like you guys find motivated sellers, right. just on the agency side versus wholesaling. Yeah. Um, and and you know what happens is you have a good commission, you have a good wholesale and you splurge a little bit, but then you also have to pay for more marketing. You have to pay to keep the business running. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't until I read, uh, the book, it's called the richest man in Babylon. And one, uh, totally a good book. Great Check book. It out. Great book. In the book, it basically says, um, you have to pay yourself first. Right. So I started paying myself 10% of my commissions. right? And I realized like, holy cow, if I just take 10% off the top, I now don't have enough to live my life and run my business. Mm-hmm. So I had to find a way to juice it more so that I had more income so that I could go out and buy more rental properties. Right. right. And at first it was super slow because then all of a sudden I started this house flipping business. That's very capital intensive. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to put a down payment, you got to put the rehab in and then you're waiting to sell it. Mm-hmm. Right. You get it you get a big chunk of change back again, but then you got to go find another deal. So it's almost like you have to hop on the treadmill and run for a little bit longer Mm -hmm. starting a new business. Um, but I always kind of kept it in the back of my mind. Like I need to buy rental properties because when I buy a rental property, um, just for easy numbers, I buy a hundred thousand dollar house. I put 20% down, Mm -hmm. right? I stick a tenant in there and let's just say for, Just easy math. I don't make any money every month. Every dollar in cash flow I make goes to repair the property, right? But the loan's getting paid down, right? And hopefully I've bought in an area that is going up in value. Which in Utah, that's pretty much everywhere in this area. Yeah, but there's a lot, right? Like since uh, COVID hit, the nation is just like, everyone's moving around, right? Mm -hmm. So like some areas are losing people, uh, some areas are gaining people. So if I were looking in a different market, I'd go find somewhere that people are moving to because uh, just the supply demand curve, right? Less houses means you're going to have higher appreciation.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like the key was not, how many deals do you still broker a year roughly?
1: Uh, So we're on track to do about 70 deals this year.
2: Is that more or less than you used to do?
1: Uh, I would say for the last three or four years, uh, I haven't focused on growing that. I've focused on maintaining that while I'm systematically growing my rental portfolio and keeping my fix and flips at 12 to 15 a year. So that's kind of like stayed the same
2: then? Yeah. Hopefully. So it sounds like the key was for you diversifying and adding in new income streams. Yep. And not just focusing on broker, being a broker.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Because, and what I did is I fixed my lifestyle on my commission income.
0: Not on the full...
1: Not on the full thing. Okay. Right? So then I took the other money, and literally I just pretended it didn't exist. And as soon as it hit my bank account, I would go out and try to find a house to buy to keep for a rental property. Yeah. Because, uh, I, I, yeah, like... You didn't it, need When it, the no. money's in the account, like... Everyone, I think everyone looks at their account, and they go, oh, yeah, like, I got this money. Like, I need new TV. Mm-hmm. I need... I want this. I want, I want this. this. I want a BMW M4, right? Like, we just naturally go, like, just trying to did enjoy you, life. Do you have a
0: separate account that you would put that money into uh, that you
2: wouldn't... You would just use yep. allocated directly yeah, for yeah. rentals?
1: Great question. I did. Okay.
2: Another question. Um, so you... What percent of your, and you don't have to give us exact numbers, but what percent of your income now is from investing versus like, so like flipping rentals versus your brokerage?
1: That's a good question. Uh, I don't know off the top of my head.
2: What's an estimate?
1: How about you ask me another question and I'll look it up. Yeah, yeah, and right. I'll let you know. Well, while while
0: you're doing that, uh, just to talk to the audience and us, like that's that's honestly like what's been on my mind a lot is you know we focus so much on the wholesaling business, you know we've been kind of stuck where you know he was, and I would recommend and I think that's something we're trying to do. Like we're flipping a house in Roy, we're about to flip another house in uh, South Jordan. Um, you're, we're trying to kind of do what you're doing. Like, I used to be a little afraid of keeping stuff and having debt, but now I'm like, I don't care. It's like something's clicked in me where I'm like, I need, I need to keep some stuff, and we need to start getting some rentals. Like, I already have. I rent out my basement, and I rent out. I have a rental in South Salt Lake, and that's two, right? Two doors, big deal. Uh, and you got to start somewhere, man. You gotta start somewhere. Don't right? don't knock yourself. Yeah, I'm not I'm, right. Like, yeah, yeah I okay. think
1: the problem with our society is, uh, and and I'll totally let you get back to this, but we compare our blooper reel to other people's highlight reels. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Right. That's true. Like we look on social media and and see what everyone else is doing. We're like, Holy cow. Like I suck. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing this. So-and-so is doing this, but I'm not doing this. Right. Like, and, and, and we don't take enough time to go, Hey, where have I come from? Where am I going? Right. And then just stay on our path. Right. So like, Stay in your lane. If you want to flip houses, go flip houses. If you want to wholesale houses, just become world class at it. Mm-hmm. Figure out how to automate it. Get your expenses as low as possible and your your income as high as possible, right? Right. Live on a reasonable amount and then invest the difference. Because you'll look up in five, ten years and all of a sudden you're just completely different.
0: Yeah. yeah. Do you mess with stocks or bond like not bonds, stocks at all, or <laughs> is it just straight, straight up I, I don't state. mess with bonds. Nobody messes with bonds. <laughs> Um, yeah. Do you mess with stocks at all or is it just straight real? I mean,
1: I've, I've got some exposure, um, as my net worth grows. And so I'm a part of a mastermind called Go Abundance. Um, it's a tribe for healthy, wealthy men that want to just live an epic life. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's a lot of guys in there that just totally different backgrounds. Um, so I do have some exposure to stocks. Um, the brokers that I'm a part of, I get stock options, um, as part of my comp package. Um, And then I've, I've just got some here or there. I don't really have any crypto. I don't really have anything else. Um, Just because like, I think you understand real estate. Yeah. as will put that money in there, you know? Yeah. I I can get probably better returns than most other people are getting in the stock market. Even though, you know, I can't go and post on social media about how great Bitcoin is and how I bought it at, that However much of flash coin.
0: So um, how much, you're in a bunch of, uh, you've done a lot of coaching just like we have and you've done some masterminds. How much would you say that's helped you to get where you are right now?
1: Well, I mean, I wouldn't be here without uh, being in those coaching programs and learning. Um, I think we as a society get so stuck in, hey, you have to sit in this desk for 12 years and go through elementary school, middle school, um, high school. Right. And then you Mm -hmm. have to go to college and, and sit down and this is what we're going to teach you. And I think if you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer and you need to know specific things, then, then that totally makes sense. Right. Right. Like I was pre-med before I got my real estate license and I was, I realized like, I don't really want to be an orthopedic surgeon. Right. The irony is I'm doing what I love now Mm -hmm. and I make more than most orthopedic surgeons. Right. Right. Because I do what I enjoy and like the money is just a byproduct. But when yeah. you chase money, money goes away. So I, I kind of look at it like I invest in myself, yeah. um, and I do that through masterminds. Like my wife and I are a part of a couples mastermind uh, with six or seven other high-level couples, and we meet once a month on Zoom. Um, we just got back from a trip. Uh, we went to Cabo San Lucas, and just an expanding four days. Yeah, dude. Um, so, yeah, overall, it's it's huge. That's
0: freaking sweet. You got it yet or still looking?
1: Yeah. So my, I mean, my flipping income is probably 25% of my total income.
0: Okay. And what about the rental income? Rental
1: Uh, rental incomes, it's probably about 20%.
0: So almost half of it comes from your investing? Yep. Wow. That's freaking sweet, man. Yeah. So
1: I probably live on 40% of my income right now.
0: The rest, you're just putting it away. Yeah. And there's is there and again, I think I already asked you this, but is there a goal in mind, like hundred units? Is there a time where you're just like, hey, I'm gonna stop investing because I'm I'm good. I could stop today. And I, I mean, I'm sure you're good right now. Like you stop, you're gonna you already got millions. You you don't need to invest anymore. Is there a time where you're just like, I'm just gonna spend all my money.
1: So right now, our our passive income is about eighty percent of what our annual spend is. Okay. So I'm almost financially free. Okay. Um so if we cranked back our lifestyle or
2: um up the investments.
1: Yeah, yeah, like if we if we yeah, we could do either, right? Um yeah. then we could technically be financially free, but I'm good where our lifestyle is at. Mm-hmm. Um we definitely have to be careful not to let it continue to crank up, right? What cranks um, it up
0: by the way? Bigger house and more what do you what what cranks like everyone says, hey, you you adjust the lifestyle, right? Like you make more. Like yeah. What, what is that? What's a, what's that big stuff? Like trips? Is it? It's it's food? everything. It's everything. Yeah. What like causes it? like
1: if if you start ordering DoorDash every single day, mm-hmm. all of a sudden you got a fifteen hundred dollar a month DoorDash bill. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And like that increases your
0: when you used it, to be okay with just eating
1: at like the top house, ramen, ramen, right?
0: Like I love ramen. No, mm-hmm. well, we all do. You know? <laughs> That good chicken, the chicken yeah. flavor. So so it's, it's
1: everything, right? Okay. Like you increase, it all adds you, up. you get a bigger house, then all of a sudden all your neighbors have a boat, right? And you're like, oh, crap, I need a boat. I need a boat. Yeah. Right? Like, or a side-by-side or, mm-hmm. you know, like um, you, you move into a different neighborhood and all of a sudden everyone's got sports cars and you're like, oh, I need a sports car.
0: Got it. Right? It's keeping up with the Joneses, you know? Yeah,
1: That's part cool. of that.
0: Yeah, just seeing everybody, I got it. Yeah, I mean, I, hey, it makes sense. You know, everyone's got the boat. You want the boat too, yeah. Yeah. You got yeah. a boat, right? I don't have a boat. <laughs> not, you getting one?
1: Nah, not getting one. <laughs>
0: okay. Not yet. Nice. So let's. I mean, we've gone pretty. Uh, we got. We got a little bit of time left. Let's. Let's. Um. Let's circle back to where it all began for us, right? Because yeah. you know this has been good. This is you've told us you know where you're at, your bio. You know you've given the, the information to the, the wholesaling nation, uh, investors thrive nation. So let's let's see where we were four years ago and where we're at today. And and you've you've you moved on a lot.
2: So this is
0: me and Corey first started wholesaling. You know four years ago was it?
2: Uh, it's actually like. The deal was actually three years ago. Three years. 2018. We're in 2021, right?
0: Okay, so three years ago. So three, so three years, years ain't that ago. long, you know. That, that is, it hasn't been that long of time, right? Yeah. So three years ago, me and Corey literally started a wholesaling. Had no experience in real estate at all. Uh, he had some. Yeah, I didn't have any. Little, and what we we didn't have any money. So what we did is we went knocking in Sandy, and uh, we knocked on. I knocked on this door, and this guy came out, and he looked kind of pretty grungy, like he was on drugs, like meth. And I said, hey. Uh, my name is Nathan. I we're looking to buy houses in the area. Are you interested? He's like, I don't live here. My grandma lives here. Here's her, uh, like she she's thinking about selling. So I said, can I have her number? He gives me her number. I call her. Corey goes on an appointment with her, and locks her up just because she was ready to go at two fifteen. And you got that deal. I think we get to you to two o five eventually or two o four. That's but we we had originally locked it up at two fifteen, and then me and Corey looked at the comps again, and we were like. I think we locked it up too high. So Corey went the next day and said, Hey, I'm really sorry. We thought your house had a basement. We're actually going to be at like, need to be at 170." And she just lost it on him. She was so pissed. Like how, how dare you? I already packed like one box. You know, this was a yeah. day, this was a day after she'd done a bunch of work. <laughs> she, she was yeah. so mad. She's like, I already packed a box. I, you guys have like ruined my life. Cause I was ready. And, um, so we we canceled the agreement. And then, you know, three months later, Corey was telling me, like, as we were brand-new wholesalers, he was like, Nate, if we want to be successful in this business, we have to start caring about the people. Not about the money, but caring about the individual. So then I said, hey, Corey, remember Barbara? Well, you know, we kind of put her in a bad position, you know, from what she said. She was upset that she didn't get to move that, you know, and she had packed that box. Let's go back to her and see how she's doing. So Corey's like, I'm not going back to her. She lit me up. So I said, I'll go there. So he, we drive over there. I'm like, Corey, just come to the door. He's like, I'm not getting out of the car. You go, and if she wants to talk to us, we'll, we'll, we'll go. I'll go in there. So I go to the door. I knock on the door. I say, Hey, Barbara, we were gonna buy your house. We got our comps wrong. I'm really sorry. Just want to apologize. Are you still interested in selling? She's like, No, get out of here. So I like, with my head down, I walk back to the car. And then she, she, you know, as I'm about to get in the car, she like, you know, comes out the door, and I just see a hand like waving me over. I'm like, Oh no. Or she's about to light me up, so I go to there. And she calls me in the house, and she's she she walks me over to like two boxes on the ground. She's like, "Those are the boxes I packed when you guys told me you're gonna buy my house, and you guys didn't." That I was ready, and I said, "Hey, look, I apologize again. We care about you. What can we do to make this work?" So we Corey, I, you know, she was ready to talk because we were ready to you know we cared about her. Sat in the house and we we're you know after about five or seven appointments we were actually able to lock her down for like 178, you know fast forward like six months later, you
2: got the deal, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah and that was a lot of effort and work for you guys it right it it, yeah, and there's the a lot that goes effort. into that was this the
2: most effort we've well one of the most efforts yeah. well
1: and I don't think the story stops there so I I've never heard yeah. all of that right but That's that how just I got it, that yeah, goes right? to show like the fortunes and the follow up right mm-hmm. yeah. like. Uh, yeah. So good for you guys for following d- up with her. Dude and, d- d- and at the end of the day, she was happy because she got to move. She paid cash for her next property, right? Yep. And so d-
0: and she she could barely afford her mortgage, even though it was super low, but she was able to pay cash, was out of there, had some cash to go. But the story doesn't end there. So we after we had got it under contract, we had assigned it to a buyer, I think you know him. We won't say his name. He agreed to buy it. And then because we were new at wholesaling and we he knew we didn't have a lot of buyers, like a week before close, or two weeks before close, he was like, "Hey guys, I know I said I was going to pay two hundred five. I'll pay one eighty because he knew we had it one seventy eight. So he was like, just trying to rock us. Yeah, and we're like, Hey, we ain't playing this game with you. Yeah. So then we, we sold him our
2: first deal and made five k. Yeah, so he thought that was too much for us. Yeah,
0: he, he he had the the kind of mindset back then. I don't know if it is now. Like you need to pay your freaking dues and you're not making money. So we had sent that out again and. You, you came through, and, you know, you walked the house, and, you know, you offered to buy a 205, and we were like, hallelujah, we're about to make, like, 17K. That just helps us a ton. I don't know exactly the numbers, but it was like that. Yeah, yeah. But, uh so you came in, and this is where it got kind of crazy. This is where the deal got crazy. We had told her that she would have, like, a week after close to, like, move out. And then as soon as you close, you're like, guys, she needs to be out of there tomorrow.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I just remember Jordy was pushing me so hard, yeah, to get her out. I was, and like, we
0: Ron were so because like, until that time we had done like three wholesale deals and they were all vacant, so we had never thought, okay, yeah, what it happens? Wasn't an when,
2: issue,
1: yeah, yeah, we had never we didn't thought, understand like the urgency, the occupancy of the money on the we had, purchase contract. So he was yeah, like, yeah. and
0: I, I understand you, you didn't want them staying in there for a long time, so you're like, come on, guys. So we went there the day after close, and we're like, hey, the buyer that we were working with, he wants you guys out. I know it's kind of inconvenient, but we're gonna help you move. So we freaking got, like, a big 26-foot U-Haul. We told her we would move her ourselves, which is the biggest mistake ever because she was a hoarder. So we start, you know, me, Corey, our two cold callers that were working for us at the time, we start packing this freaking truck up. And it takes about six hours later, we've gotten, like, this far in the truck. Like, Do you remember how much stuff she had? She had a lot. (laughs) So much Yeah, the two
1: boxes that she had previously packed, I'm sure, was... (laughs) already packed from her last move oh yeah. guaranteed yeah. Dude. Exactly.
0: so we tried to move her stuff and got nothing done in like six hours and our, we were paying our cold callers doing they were they didn't really want to touch anything and yeah well to touch anything. yeah i remember
1: when we were trashing out the house there was uh there's animal feces oh. under piles of stuff in the garage yeah dude it and was it, yeah it was, was uh it was bad not my worst house I've ever bought, but, but it was—it's it's pretty bad. It was so, up there. So yeah. what happened is
0: we were moving this stuff, and then it said, "Corey, I'm—I I'm, can't—we can't do this anymore. We're, we're going to be here for about two weeks moving, and Jordy's going to be upset with us." So we had to hurry. So I went on Facebook, found like graveyard movers or some like prison yard movers, and I called the number. These guys showed up. They were like shaved heads. These guys looked like they just came out the prison yard, and they were literally like the Tasmanian devil on Space Jam, like spit They came through that house and like. A couple hours and it was all the stuff was packed. Yeah, the
2: first truck was packed within like two hours. These
0: guys were one dude had a limp, he was like carrying like a straight dresser on his shoulder with a limp. And I'm like, this guy is like Hercules. He's anyway, these movers were amazing.
1: Yeah, that just goes to show like when you stay in your lane and you hire people for specific things, right? Like, this is why I don't wholesale, yeah, (laughs) because you wholesalers, like, you guys do a better job at talking to people than I would because you're just what you do. No, dude. Crazy.
0: So they packed it up and it actually took two 26-foot trucks. So we had to go get another U-Haul and you got the house. So it wasn't even all cleaned out like perfectly. So can you imagine two 26-foot trucks? She had so much stuff. So anyway, we we moved her out. My man got his house somewhat clean. That was our first deal we did with you. And uh, yeah, man, we've been on the the trajectory of us solely trying to build a wholesaling business. And through this podcast, you guys can see that, you know, our boy Jordy's been uh, brokering, but he's also been, you know, doing fix and flips and um, rentals and he's doing great. So it
1: it just, sorry, it just goes back to, um, and I I got a little bit more time. We can go for a couple more minutes, but um, I read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which is why I got involved in real estate. Mm -hmm. And in the book, uh, every time I reread it, I get something new, but it always hits me like, it doesn't matter what you do for a job, right? So it just so happened that I was a real estate agent. Right. That was my job, right? Um, It Still technically is, um, but like you guys are wholesalers. But at the end of the day, you have to mind your own business, right? So your job can be different than your business. So my business is building a rental property portfolio, Mm -hmm. right? Because over time, property values go up, loans get paid down, and it's not my thousand bucks a month that's paying it down every month, right? In return, I'm taking some risk, but I'm, I'm giving an opportunity. I'm giving a nice clean house for someone to, you know, raise their family in or uh, just live their life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, like that's an asset for me that's getting paid down while it's going up in value, right? And I'm taking... The spread.
0: So what's your opinion on short-term Airbnbs versus, you know, renting out to a family that does a year lease?
1: You know, I think short-term makes a lot of sense. I have a little bit of exposure in my portfolio. But honestly, I think long-term rentals, um, it's just bread and butter. It's always been around. It will always be around. Mm -hmm. Um, The hotel industry does not like Airbnb for obvious reasons, right? They're taking market share. Mm -hmm. They're disrupting, which is cool. Uh, unless you're a hotel yes. and there's hotel lobbies uh, that they're literally going to municipalities right now saying, you need to stop this. You need because to shut yeah. Airbnb down. You need to shut these vacation rentals down. Now in vacation rental markets, right? W- resort destinations. Um, it makes a lot of sense, right? Like Smoky Mountains. Most people Moab don't. too, right? Moab. Yeah. Right, like I'm buying a place up in Bear Lake, which is right on the border of Utah and Idaho. It's very seasonal up there. Mm-hmm. If we get to use it, great. But we're going to rent it out, and there's extra headache that happens with nightly rentals because you got to deal with higher turnover. You got to pay somebody to clean it, and you got to make sure that they're cleaning it good. Otherwise, you're going to get bad reviews, and mm-hmm. if you get bad reviews, like it's a negative spiral. Yeah, yeah. with long term rentals, really all your it's very front loaded. All your work is done up front. So I just make sure that, well, I don't anymore. I have a property manager, but basically they make sure that, you know, credit score is okay. We're not looking for perfection, just a history of uh, people being responsible, right? We don't want people who don't pay um, because that's not a win-win. We're looking for a win-win. So Mm -hmm. if we can provide a good housing situation for somebody, whether that be an apartment, a single family home, whatever it is, um, over the long term, like that's all I really care about. Um, because at the end of the day, like none of what we accumulate here materially matters, right? Mm -hmm. We all die. We can't take any of this with us as much as, you know, it pains me. I can't take a Ferrari with me when Mm -hmm. I pass away. What I can take with me, um, uh, you know, my family, my, my memories, eternal family, my life. Yeah. Like it's, it's just, that's what you take with you. Yeah, right. It's all your experiences. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's way more important to me than material stuff. Right. And at the end of the day, like I just believe housing is one of those needs.
0: Yeah. And you're playing the game, right? You're, you life is a game, you're playing it, and you're, you know, you're just deciding to do uh, what makes good return.
1: I'm playing real life monopoly.
0: That's a love it. Dude. Yeah. Well, what what would your suggestion be for guys like us or I would say 90% of the people that are going to watch this that are brand new to wholesaling? uh, What would you recommend for us and them to get into, you know, rentals? Yeah.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, this is always the tricky part, right? Um, I was driving down the road with one of the agents on my team and I was like, oh, dude, I remember, like, I could have bought that house. I could have bought that house. I sold that house, right? Like, I was going down this and he's like, So, right, like, yeah, you had to sell some, but you've got what you got now, like, Mm -hmm. just grow it. And so, I I mean, I would say you guys got to keep in mind, like, whether you're wholesaling because you just are sick of a job or you're trying to build a business, um, at the end of the day, there's multiple things you need to do to grow your wealth, um, and it's not just all about earned income. Right, rentals can be a great way for you to build wealth slowly because it's not get rich quick. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be if you're very leveraged, um, which again I I like debt, especially debt that I don't have to pay back. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you look at how our whole system is built, the Federal Reserve, which is different than the federal government, is inflating their debt away. So they're devaluing the dollar, making the trillions and trillions and trillions that they keep borrowing worth less. So if you, if you have money just sitting in a bank account, it literally is worth less in a month versus now. Right. Right. And we're seeing it right now. It's what, November, 2021, where, you know, you have to pay more for milk. You have to pay more for eggs. You have to pay more for gas. And it's not just supply chain issues. Like everything is getting more expensive. So, uh, real estate is a great way to hedge inflation. And you, everyone, if you're wholesaling, if you're a flipper, like we should all be minding our own business and buying rental real estate. Mm -hmm. Um, so whether that's, you know, instead of wholesaling five houses a month, you wholesale four and keep one. Right. Um, and and then maybe, you know, you're trying to live off of 50% of your income and then you reinvest some back into the business and, if you kind of grow everything simultaneously like that, I think you can have exponential growth okay. um, versus like just trying to move everything possible. Would you recommend starting an, a separate LLC? Like for
0: example, me and Corey, we own our LLC Utah home acquisitions that is our wholesaling business. Yep. Would you recommend starting a separate LLC to own the, the rentals or would you put it all in one?
1: So that's a great question. Your audience base is nationwide. So I'm going to say consult with an asset protection attorney in your state. So I can tell you what I've done. We'll probably just do in Utah, by the way. We'll
0: probably just keep stuff in Utah.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So for me, uh, my LLC that I earn my income in is different than what I flip in. Okay. And then I have different LLCs for my properties. Mm. So uh, I have a series LLC, which holds a bunch of different properties. And you can create sub-companies. I won't get into this. Like, You guys can research series LLCs if you want, but... I've got a series LLC that owns some rental properties. Uh, I own a couple of properties with some partners, and we obviously have a different LLC set up for that because it's a different ownership structure. So yeah. um, I, I think I've got, like, 13 or 14 LLCs total. That's sick, dude. I love it, man. <laughs> I'm
0: honestly, that's what? something that really pumps me up because, I mean, our wholesaling businesses... Wholesaling is cool, right? And if you can create a monster that's just doing, like, 10, 20 deals a month, then that's great. But uh, it's, you know, you're you're kind of stuck if you're doing like one to ten. It's just like very marketing heavy and it's very expensive. And unless you can break out of there, you're kind of the goal is to break out of that and just do more or you're just kind of or you're not making enough to make a difference.
1: Yeah. Or or you got to do it a different way. Right. Like when you guys were door knocking, that's more cost effective than mailing, but not really scalable. Right. Not scalable right? It's all based on time. So, but you got to kind of do a little bit of everything, right? So, uh, you know, I mean, if you're driving for dollars, why not stop and knock on a few doors that look really distressed? Yeah. And then those people have a face to put to the name when you send them postcards versus just being one of the 15 postcards from everyone else that's driving for dollars. Yeah. And then when you skip trace that number. So I think if you layer it as a wholesaler and, you know, you go drive for dollars, market to them. So you're sending them mailers, but then you skip trace it and you say, Hey, we just sent you a mailer time it so that, you know, it's a day or two after they get it or the same day. And then you actually physically go knock on some of those doors. I I would be willing to bet that you can drive your cost per lead way down and your, your, you know, cost per deal down just by optimizing what you already have.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. Like I was talking, I was on another, like a, Called today day with a wholesaler who basically sends out mail and then the return mail that doesn't get delivered, he'll actually take the time to individually like call that person or research if they're deceased and then he'll call their uh, relatives and he gets more deals from his return mail. Then, but that's like that's the further step that a lot of people like don't want to do, right? Or what you're saying is drive for dollars. Do do we want to drive for dollars personally when we can pull a list from PropStream and just blanket everybody with a cold call or a tax, like not, not really, but it's that stuff you're saying that it drives the cost down.
1: Yeah. So. Well, but that's where you get more margin in life to go and build what I've built. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause I could have very easily said, Hey, I'm going to stop being an agent and I'm just going to live off my flipping income. Mm-hmm. Right. Instead I said, Hey, I'm going to do the hard thing, which is I'm going to keep grinding at my day job while also my side hustle is flipping homes. And then I take those profits from my home flips and I go and buy rental properties, which is my long-term exit strategy, right? Like that's, that's more complicated than just, oh yeah, cool. I flipped this house, made a couple bucks. I'm going to live on that.
0: Yeah. And I got a, co- a couple more questions is the burr method. Do you, would you do, are most of those through a hard money loan that you get and then you burr out of it? Or is it like you conventionally, you, you get a conventional loan and then you... Co- I guess couple a couple different direction. ways. You so you're right. You're right. you're right. You're right. Yeah,
1: yeah, I would say the best way to do it is when you guys are sitting as wholesalers and and this is a great tip too just moving more deals when you're sitting with a seller across the table, give them two offers. Say, "Hey, this is my cash offer. Hey, at the same time I can close the same day on what's called an installment sale." Right? On an installment sale, Or you're basically going to become the bank, and you pitch seller financing in a way that's not... Like, don't use the word seller financing. Mm -hmm. You know, there's benefits. You delay your taxes. You can spread it out into a couple tax years. So it's seller financing, but not... It is seller financing, but anytime you say seller financing... People are like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like Got They it. get all freaked out because they don't understand. So that's how it. you do
0: a lot of it they, you do installment. What did you call it, installment? an installment sale? Installment sale. And then you refinance out of that. Yeah. Because okay, it's great.
1: way cheaper than yeah. hard money. Hard money. Right. Oh, like it. if I can get seller financing on a deal at 4% interest with no points, and I can go in and I can fix it up and then refinance it in two months, I saved myself two points because a hard money lender is going to charge me 2% of the loan amount as their fee. And then the interest is 12%.
0: I didn't think that. that
1: So if you can do that, you take a mediocre deal, burring it. Mm -hmm. And, and again, burr just so no one gets left behind is you buy a property, rehab it, rent it out, refinance it, and then repeat. Mm -hmm. Right. And the perfect deal would be you're into a property for nothing down. You get all your money out. Um, there's a couple different ways to do that, but you basically get as much money out as possible. Well, so, I had one in Dallas
0: where the guy was in the army and he was like, "Look, I just want like 3,000 bucks and you just take over my mortgage, right?" Yep. So, I was willing to do that, but it was a little tight on the rent. His mortgage was like 1,400 and the rent was like 17 so you could still cash flow, but it was also in a place that we've never been. We had to fix probably put about ten or fifteen because it didn't need a remodel. So it's probably something I would have taken here in Utah, be like, Oh yeah, three grand down and then I obviously the rents will appreciate and it's gonna get paid down. I, it would have been a good deal, but didn't want to mess with it. So we, we assigned it to someone else. But that's that's where you find them, right? You find people that just, hey, I don't have a lot of equity, my house needs a little bit of work, or maybe not doesn't need any work, but they're just willing to let you take over their mortgage payment.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, and, and as a wholesaler, right, you can probably make bigger wholesale fees off of seller financing. Cause if I don't have to go pay a hard money lender, the price that I, as a, a landlord can pay just went up. Right. Yeah. Because now I, I don't have to pay, so let's call it a $300,000 house. I don't have to pay $6,000 to a hard money lender. So you guys as wholesalers can make a little bit more. Right, which we all want to make more money.
2: Yeah, yeah. that's true. Last, so, qu- last question, then we'll let you go. Um, multifamily or single family? What's your focus now? Both. Both.
1: Why yeah. And, yeah. So a couple of reasons. I like multifamily. Um, for where I'm at now, it's way easier for me to finance multifamily than it is single family, uh, just purely because I'm, I'm almost maxed out on my Fannie Mae Freddie Mac loans. Uh, when does
0: that max out, by the way? 10. Like, 10 loans.
1: Okay. Yep. Um, uh, we're going to start putting some in my wife's name, but for now, my my credit's pretty tapped out as far as number of mortgages I can get. Um, but single family deals are way easier to come by, right? Because uh, we all just go about life and have life happen to us. Um, there's death, divorce, like a lot of stuff happens. People move. Um So people traditionally will buy a single-family house for themselves, and then if something happens and it's a distressed sale, it's easier to find distressed sales in single-family houses. One, because there's more of them, and two, just because uh, buyer or owners are usually a little bit less sophisticated. Like uh, the owner of a 12-plex, the only reason they're going to have a distressed sale is if there's a financial need or if they have a better opportunity that they're willing to take a discount for. Yeah. So, um, I like single family because they're easy to transact. They're easy to find deals. I like multifamily cause there's better tax benefits. Cause I can go and do a cost segregation study and accelerate depreciation, which saves me money on taxes today. Mm-hmm. And then eventually we'll have to deal with it in the future. Um, but if I can grow my money more now with less in taxes, then compound growth will, will take over. Right. so you you
0: real quick so you said you're leveraged uh, not leveraged but you you've maxed out almost with 10 and you're gonna start doing your wife's names wife's name are you is it worth it for you to reach out to like not not me specifically but someone who has the i guess uh, the income and that can get 10 and you just 50-50 it or you know you partner on the deal you know what i'm saying like yeah yeah is that are you planning on doing that or is uh, that worth it to
1: you it, it would be it would depend So for me, I'm pretty strategic about my partners that I pick Um, just because like when you get to a certain point, so when we all start out in real estate, if you have no money, but a lot of time, like you want to do every deal possible, right? The more you start doing, the more you realize like, hey, I don't really want to own that type of house, right? Like I was under a contract on a triplex for 250. We went and walked through it and like just talking to the tenants um, in our due diligence period, I was like, man, I'm going to have like bad dreams. I'm going to wake up in the middle of the night and be like, Oh crap. Are these guys burning my house down? Like, it's just not a tenant base that I want to deal with. Right. Was it the
0: location or just the specific tenants?
1: Both. Like the location would not have attracted the type of tenants that I want. want. Where was that? Uh, it was in Ogden.
0: Yeah, I had one in Leighton that I was looking, at. I think I sent it to you and it was like, it was just a ton of fourplexes in that area. So it was just kind of a trashy area for like low, lower rent. I mean, when you hear fourplex, you're like, oh, cool. You know, but it, it was kind of like that too.
1: Yeah. I mean, w- what you buy, you have to sell, right? So as a, as a rental property investor, uh, I used to be like all over any deal. Like if it was a deal, I'd buy it. I've gotten a little bit more picky now, just because I'm like, hey, like my time is finite. There's only so much I can do, so I'm looking for very specific deals. So um, at some point you'll have to sell it too. At some point you'll have to sell it, and then you have to deal with like weird houses. Guys attract weird people, yeah. right? Like, yeah, it, it's just. But
0: I mean, you would know more than we do because you deal with the, you know, I guess that you're selling it. You're a broker, right? So you you, and yeah. you deal with those.
2: We, we're we're dealing with the weird people pretty much. All the time. So wouldn't it <laughs> wouldn't it be better just instead of going and getting a partner to do use their ten? Wouldn't it be better just to do like a commercial loan?
1: Yeah, you could. You could, you could certainly do that. Pay a
2: little more interest, but you wouldn't be splitting the profit 50-50. Yeah,
1: I mean, uh, so do you guys know who the rest uh, the real estate guys are.
0: The, they're called the real estate. The guys? real estate
1: guys. Oh, Russell Gray so. is one of the guys. They also do a podcast. Yeah. Um,
0: is it as good as this one? He
1: says, uh, <laughs> how about you guys just have something different to offer the world than they do. Yeah. Right. I, I wouldn't say it's any better or any worse. Yeah. It, your content's different. Their content's different. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm just saying like you guys, you know, yeah, something. you guys have something different to offer the world than, than yeah. I do. Yeah, Right. Yeah. So like, good for you guys go do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but getting back to it, um, I think if two partners have the same strength, one of them is not needed. Right. And Russ right, Gray yeah. from the real estate guy said that. So like on the 12 I bought, I have a partner, uh, but his strengths are totally different than mine. Right. But we get along really well, but we both enjoy doing, uh, different tasks related to real estate ownership, mm-hmm. but we enjoy a lot of the same physical activities. Right. So we ski together, we mountain bike together. Like we got kids about the same age. So like, it's a good fit that side but then it's also a good fit because we do different things in the business got it yep. right so i don't think like the question is partner no partner i would say it's more about find the right person if you're going to find a partner okay makes sense well dang bro you given uh, us yeah. a lot of juice on this uh-huh. this
0: episode yeah we appreciate i love it, it. man it's gonna go a little bit longer than we thought but I, I think it's been great and uh you know you're welcome if you want to post this wherever you want it's going to be on YouTube. Yeah. You can share it. Investor Thrive Nation. I hope you guys had a, a good time le- learning. And, uh, you know, let's get some rentals. And I guess, would they be able to reach out to you if they want, you know, some advice? or?
1: Yeah. So probably the easiest way to get a hold of me is uh, Instagram um, yeah. or Facebook. So Jordy Clark on Facebook.
0: Do you mind if we share that on yeah, the, yeah. You the can definitely, description?
1: Yeah, you can definitely put it on there. And then my Instagram handles is uh, at Jordy Clark underscore R-E, like okay. real estate. I'll um, probably, but okay. then definitely put it in there and I'll put it in there. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I cool. mean,
0: if we can have it benefit you any by any means, like may, maybe some people can bring you deals. You know, if you're yeah, uh, bringing you know, deals in Utah, he likes to flip here. Yeah, rent, bring us the deals that we'll give it to them
1: <laughs> Either way, man, relationships matter. <laughs>
0: Let's go. All right. Well, thanks, uh, Invest Drive Nation, for attending, and thanks, Jordy.
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely. It. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. Later, yeah. See you guys. See you. Bye.